discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. Today I'm sitting down and having a conversation with Matt Perfect, procurement professional, coach and facilitator. But more than this, he's advocating for diverse supply chains, building social procurement capacity and focusing on the deals that matter. He does this as a principle of impact spender because Matt believes procurement has an essential role in driving great business and marketing outcomes by doing good, not by just cutting cost. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Darren. Great to be here. Look, uh, it's great to catch up. We've, uh, I think our paths crossed over a decade ago when uh, you were at the source and the faculty. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, would have been. Uh, yeah, probably was about 10 years ago now. I think we were doing some work specifically in the marketing space and and it was great to bring your expertise in to work with some of the the category managers that we brought together around marketing and I think that was uh yeah that was that was a while back now but uh it does go back a while I um I always say to people you know when they ask me about procurement I say I have this love hate relationship you know and and it's because there are procurement people that I absolutely love working with and then there's others that drive me crazy because they are not open to thinking about things differently. You know, there's, and I know it's easy to say people fall into two categories, but, you know, there's those that are very process-driven and then there's those that are very outcome-driven. I think that applies for all people, doesn't it, Matt? Yeah, look, I think it, it probably does, but I think that's a very common uh, perception, particularly of procurement. Um, a lot of the work I do now um, as, as an independent coach and facilitator is working with, with suppliers. Um, uh, helping them to sort of understand procurement better, helping them to navigate procurement processes, tenders and RFPs and the like, and, and negotiations. And as you say, I like to focus on the deals that that matter. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it's definitely something that it, the, the procurement profession is, you know, probably like many other, you, you get a lot of people who are very process focused um, and you get others that, that are increasingly, I think, seeing um, the bigger picture of business um, and, uh, and are starting to really, you know, drive you know bigger outcomes particularly in the sustainability space which is where I focus now so yeah it's interesting because I've noticed that uh, recently my interactions with procurement they're much more open to conversations around some of those uh, sustainable development goals that the UN uh, published or, or agreed and published what was that about uh, five years ago yeah, I think, I mean, they replaced the old um, Millennium Goals um, and uh, I think it was probably even more, could have been even more, but further than five years ago now, but um, but it's a, a set of goals that really focus out to now 10, 2030, which is not that long away, um, and 17 goals that, that set a really ambitious global target for, for addressing many of the big challenges that we face as a society, both environmentally and socially. Um, but also through a through a lens of, I guess, economic development, which is the focus of many of the United Nations governments that have signed up to it, and of course the businesses that are now uh, aligning around it too. So it's uh, it's definitely growing in in the the business conversation, and therefore procurement as a as a key driver of business has to really get their heads around it and say, well, what uh, what are we doing in the supply chain, and how are the suppliers that we're working with helping us to get closer to delivering on these goals, or uh, you know, sadly in some cases, holding us back? And and that's uh, really what a, is a big driver for sustainable procurement. 
I know um, marketing particularly has had a, a, a bit of an issue with how do they embrace and get involved with the environmental sustainability, you know, with uh, net zero emissions and things like that, because at the core of it, marketing is about driving consumption. You know, it's almost the uh, many people will uh, superficially think that it's the, uh, the antithesis of uh, long-term environmental sustainability. Yeah, what's your perspective? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear that, but I, uh, you know, I, I disagree really. I mean, I, I think marketing is about telling the story of the organisation and helping the organisation to communicate its its purpose. Um, and and so, you know, if 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 the organisation's purpose is really just to drive increasing consumption of its products, well, I guess that's where you know, obviously, a lot of marketing activity has gone. But I think as organisations increasingly start to, um, you know, respond to that. You know, consumer demand that the ethical consumption demand, I guess the the investor demand, um, and employees um, that are really you know looking for more. And I think the the, the statistic that's sort of fairly well um, published now is the sort of sixty percent of consumers. I think this came out in the last couple of years. Sixty percent of consumers will, will will switch to a brand that is more sustainable and even pay a higher price. I think there's some debate as to how well that's flowing through in terms of at, at the checkout. Um, I, I certainly acknowledge that, but I think the the intention is there, and and I think organisations are starting to to really uh, respond to that. So I think marketing has a really good opportunity and is increasingly starting to to tell that story better. And again, that's a great opportunity for collaborating with procurement, where much of that story sits within the supply chain. Um, and and you know, I think it's a really exciting shift in the way that procurement and marketing can work together into the future. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's also having an impact on employees. It's having an impact on investors. You know, we're starting to see. Uh, investor groups starting to uh, move their money towards uh, those companies that are that are you know embracing and and taking on board these uh, sustainable initiatives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the responsible investment has been around um, for for a while now. I think there's we've been seeing an increasing focus on what a lot of um, investor communities tend to refer to as ESG or environmental, social, and governance um, measures. Um, but I think a few years ago when BlackRock, one of the largest um, investors, holds a lot of the sort of pension funds in the US, um, has come out quite strongly and said, you know, we're, we're really going to be focusing a lot more now on um, the purpose of the organisations that we invest in and we expect every organisation in our portfolio. I think that's, you know, that's made a, a, a real difference. Um, and I think we're seeing that, you know, I mean, that the, the term impact spender that I work under comes very much from borrowing from the impact investor community and saying, well, if we... If we look at, at the portfolio of um, investments that we have as an impact investor, and we're looking for not only financial returns anymore, but how are we driving social and economic outcomes uh, alongside the financial returns in our investment portfolio? I said, well, why don't we think of our categories of spend as an organisation in the same way? Um, we should be thinking of impact not as a not as a category in and of itself, but actually as the whole spectrum of suppliers that we work with and the categories that we manage in procurement. Um, every one of them is having positive and negative impacts in in society and on the planet, um, and every one of our procurement and category strategies is an opportunity to influence that more in the direction that we want to go as an organisation and as a society. And and again, the the sustainable development goals provide some really great signposts for that. Now, a minute ago, you mentioned the checkout, and it uh, immediately brought to mind some of the great work that the retailers are doing, especially in Australia. You know. I think uh, you can see with Coles the relationship between procurement uh, going out and sourcing from a more diverse supplier base and, and a more responsible supplier base. 
is then becoming the fodder for the uh, the marketing team to communicate the very work that procurement's doing. I mean, who would have thought that uh, you know marketing would see procurement as as a worthy topic to be sharing? Yeah, absolutely, and it's really exciting as a procurement professional to see procurement feature a lot more in in marketing now I mean I used to sort of when I back in the day when I when you would have first met me at the faculty and the source I used to sort of turn up at the barbecues and I was a bit like the Chandler Bing of of uh, of, of my friends you know if you remember the, the the comedy friends where no one actually knew what he did he just went to the city in a suit every day but no one could actually tell what he did and that was very much me in in procurement um, but I think now, you know, certainly ethical sourcing, responsible procurement, um, yeah, those are the becoming the focus of organisations and their marketing campaigns. Uh, and, and I think, the, you know, the, the supermarkets are a, are a great example of that. It demonstrates that that's what a lot of consumers care about. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's really exciting to, to bring the profession that, that, that I've been working into the, to the forefront and say, well, actually, this is, this is the bigger picture of what we're doing. And it has changed a lot, hasn't it, the procurement focus over the last 10 years? I mean, you know, I know, uh, so we met sort of just after, in Australia, we call it the global financial crisis, Mm. but it was basically a global recession, you know. It really was a a crisis that impacted so many countries uh, economically. And there was a real focus globally from procurement in cost-cutting, and I think that's why, you know, for a lot of agencies and even marketing people, procurement was seen as the uh, the budget cutter, you know, the, the group that was sent in to, uh, to reduce costs, which often meant reducing what, uh, the profits and livelihood of the, their supp- marketing supply chain. That's a reasonable uh, a summary, isn't it? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think it is. I mean, and and it, and it still is, to be honest. I, I I don't want to shy away from the reality that I think you know, cutting cost is a is a fundamental um, and primary driver for procurement, and it still is as we look to economic recovery now post a pandemic, or even as as the pandemic continues. I'm always reluctant to say we're post pandemic, um, hence we've moved into another lockdown here in Melbourne. But um, but absolutely, I think uh, you know we're 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 certainly heading in that direction. I think procurement has always likes to sort of uh, attach itself to, to value being the goal, you know, delivering value for money. Um, that's a very sort of public sector, you know, focus, I think. But it actually, you know, I think reflects what we're trying to do more broadly as a profession. Uh, and I think procurement has historically has sort of traced an increasingly um, sophisticated definition of value back from the early days when really it was purchasing and we really were just focused on cost and then we started to realize that if you just buy the cheapest all the time you're not going to get the quality and you're not going to get the service and that ultimately costs you more in the long run so we increasingly brought in factors of of risk and quality and service into that definition of value for money Uh, and i think now with the environmental and sustainable and and social um, focus we're starting to look at impact as the next um, dimension of that value that we're that we're trying to measure. Now, depending on the level of maturity of procurement professional and their capacity and the, how stretched they are as a resource and what their drivers are internally, um, you're going to see a whole range of those sorts of um, uh, definitions of value still out there in the marketplace. So I recognise that you're still a lot of suppliers are still going to feel they're up against that really sort of rough cost edge for procurement. Um, but I think what I often say to suppliers is if you can recognise that behind what they're putting out into the market and behind what might be discussed, there is a bigger agenda for the organisation that they're there to drive. Uh, if you can frame your value in, in you know, if you can frame what you're delivering to them in, in a 
broader definition of value, then you're often going to be able to have a broader conversation with procurement. Um, but sometimes that does start with a cost conversation and, and it's often on the supplier and their ability to sort of open that conversation up to demonstrate value in more broader ways, including uh, around the sustainability goals. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, there was a time when procurement was often uh, largely a, an extension of the, the finance of the CFO. And, you know, I remember a couple of times where, you know, a, a consumer packaged goods company uh, managed to build capability around marketing procurement. And in the first year, they were really happy because they'd largely reduced about 12% across the board by building capabilities around things like production and media and, and, and agency supplier contracts. The second year, it wasn't so easy to deliver. And it was sad because they built quite a, a, a really good team with deep experience in the category. But uh, in the third year, when there was no projected savings, they suddenly all disappeared. You know, and, and a lot of people, I don't re think, realise that procurement people are often uh, held to account themselves on delivering whatever it is, the criteria that uh, is being set for them, aren't mm. they? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think what you're speaking to there is sort of the difference between a, a very sourcing-focused procurement team and a more sort of supplier relationship management, category management, contract management, those ongoing uh, opportunities to create value within an organisation as opposed to just at the at the time of, of going to market. And, and again, I think that the history of procurement has been very much in that expertise and capability of sourcing and going to market. Um, I think increasingly we're seeing the growth of things like category management, um, which which you know I advocate for a great deal as a, as a model for procurement because I think it's really the only way you can get that kind of long-term strategic focus into your procurement priority um, that allows you to do some of the things that uh, and deliver some of the value that we're sort of talking about on a on a sustainability agenda. Um, and I think the opportunity to do that is being driven by exactly what you've pointed to, that a lot of the sourcing savings that were there in the first wave when procurement first came in and started looking at things strategically and doing things through putting things through procurement processes, they're not there anymore. Organisations have matured beyond that. They've been through two or three sourcing cycles over maybe, you know, 10 years or so. Uh, and now they're saying, well, either procurement is now a redundant um, need in our organisation, or it's got to evolve and 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 play a, a bigger role. And I think that's uh, you know that's what's allowing a lot of procurement professionals to broaden their own outlook and say, well, you know, what other value can I add to the organisation beyond um, beyond a sourcing, a short term sourcing focus. And going from that sourcing to more relationship management also allows you to work closer with those uh, suppliers, you know, and, and vendors. I know agencies hate the term vendors, but, you know, uh, to actually help them make their own businesses more sustainable, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, vendors, suppliers, I think, um, you know, every supplier would prefer to be a partner, I think. Um, but uh, often that can be a trap, I think, when you get told you're a partner and it doesn't feel like you're a partner at all. So I think um, as long as it's consistent and you know where you stand, I, I think um, I think that's uh, that's fine. But um, Well, it's a good point because I know agencies, uh, you know, I used to have quite a few disagreements. They'd say, we're a partner. And I'd go, okay, so when your client suffers a, a financial loss, you're willing to take a financial loss. And they went, well, no, I mean partner in a different uh, sense. And they go, well, I'm sorry, uh, the legal definition is you both cop up. 
you know, cough up when you need the loss. Now, I was saying that um, that there's an opportunity for when you move from sourcing into relationship management, it means that you can actually then work with your suppliers, with your agencies, and actually help them become more sustainable. And mm. I mean that in that uh, specifically we've seen agencies be very slow to embrace, you know, things like automation and, and technology that would actually make them more efficient and reduce waste. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so, you know, suddenly there's conversations that can be had to actually facilitate that and perhaps even look at longer-term relationships rather than this sort of two- to three-year contract cycle to actually make it worthwhile for the agencies to invest in the types of technology to, to deliver that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, procurement in some industries has a history of doing, you know, longer term deals. Um, you know, I think of, you know, I used to do a fair bit of work in the mining industry and, and there it wasn't unusual, particularly in some of the major strategic categories of the sort of heavy mining equipment and, uh, and, and some of those sorts of things to have much longer term partnership type arrangements. Um, and I think that's, you know, becoming more of a possibility and, you know, typically marketing would fall in what we call the indirect space. So it's it's one of those categories that is not directly core to the operations of the business. It's not, it doesn't appear in the in the products that the businesses sell, um, but it's no less important. And marketing, particularly for for sort of consumer brand organisations, is a is a very strategic category, even if it's not necessarily considered a, a direct uh, ingredient. Um, so I think that opportunity is opening up more to be in in those sort of longer term relationships. And and again, I think the procurement language for that is typically a sort of supplier relationship management or a category management focus. Those are the things that you'd be listening out for as a supplier. If you're if you're hearing that kind of language, then there's it's a chance and a sign that you can have a, a sort of longer term horizon with the with the with the the procurement person you're you're dealing with. Um, and yeah, a lot of these things. And again, I bring it often back to the sustainable development goals. You know, twenty thirty. It's a long time away, but it's not a long it's it, but it's I mean it's not a long time away from a humanity perspective uh, and, and a planetary perspective but actually in terms of a business cycle and a and a sourcing cycle it's still sort of three generations of a typical sourcing cycle away so uh, it is an opportunity for you to say to a supplier you know what what can we do together by 2030 imagine if we were still doing business in 2030 what and 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 we set that shared goal now Imagine what we could do together, uh, and, I, and I think that's the innovation opportunity and the exciting piece for um, for, for some of these suppliers that uh, and and you know you know partnering with procurement that way. I know back in uh, two thousand and seven when we uh, started working at Trinity P three on the CO two calculator uh, or the counter, which was to measure the CO two contribution of marketing activities. We were talking to people about. You know, don't think of because back then it was all about offsetting. You know, mm. if you're going to produce carbon, then you just have to offset it, and somehow you know, the problem magically goes away. And the philosophy that we were taking is that the measurement of carbon is actually a measurement of activity. And if you can find more efficient ways and reduce waste out of that process, that you actually means that you're being more efficient. It was a really, you know, it, it was a well uh, constructed thought. But it wasn't an argument that got a lot of traction because at the time, the only conversation was around carbon taxes and things like that. It's interesting now that there's a lot more conversation around how do we take alternative processes? How do we look at new ways of doing things? And innovation has become such a big part of you know, environmental sustainability. 
because it's actually going to be technology led. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, and again, in in the, I mean, the, from a supply chain perspective, that's one of those things that I think procurement is increasingly recognising as value, or should be recognising as value, is innovation and the opportunity to do things differently. Whether that's a technology innovation or even a process innovation, I think there's a lot of innovation in the way procurement is redefining. Uh, what value is on a category basis, and and again, I think that's a real opportunity in marketing. How do we how do we measure um, what we do in marketing, and how do we measure the value of marketing? And I think uh, to go back to your sort of uh, earlier comments about you know if marketing is just seen as a driver of consumption, um, then it's often can be hard to align with things the broader sustainability goals of an organization. But I think if we start to think about marketing more as how do we tell the story of all of our operations, including the impact that we have, and and as you say, think opportunities to reduce things like, you know, carbon emissions through greater efficiencies, those are the things that are being recognized now by investors and consumers and employees as um, the role of the organization uh, beyond just sort of shareholder um, profits. Um, so I think there's a huge opportunity for innovation for sure. And, and again, marketing and procurement should really be working together to, to, uh, to deliver on that. What do you think of the obstacles that are getting in the way? Because, you know, we st- I still hear a lot of tension in the marketplace. You know, what, mm. it seems to me that, you know, this, th- there is a bigger picture now in business mm. that, you know, major corporations are now embracing that it's not just about, you know, delivering, uh, Profits back to shareholders mm. that they see the value in, you know, embracing things like a corporate purpose that is aligned to delivering, you know, sustainability and and value beyond just profit. Mm. So, what's what's slowing this down in in the sort of evolution of business? I think it's culture. I mean, I think culture change is really hard, and um, even when you get that. Um, some you know leadership from the top and 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 direction i think it t- takes a long time to change the culture of a profession like procurement and i would think it's the same for marketing i think you know you can see the beacons now in procurement and in marketing but the status quo and and it takes a lot longer to to change and and what's you know mainstream i mean i often think of, you know it's been probably been 8 years that i've kind of been working independently now around these sort of ideas of sustainability and social procurement it's not a new idea impact spending is not a comp- completely new idea, um, but it certainly wasn't mainstream, you know, eight years ago. And I'd even argue it's still not mainstream yet. I still don't think we found that tipping point. So I think culture change takes a long time, um, generations perhaps. And, and I think that's one of the things that is the great hope is that there are new generations coming through into procurement and marketing um, that are able to see things differently um, and therefore um, pick up on those sort of strategic opportunities that we can see and point to, but not necessarily always get our hands around in terms of the day-to-day work that we're doing. You know, I think there's a lot of culture in procurement that is still based on the old thinking of creating an extractive mindset, I think is very much where procurement was um, born, if you like. The genesis of procurement was how do we extract value from our supply chain in order to, you know, deliver to to our shareholders. And I think as the world starts to say, well, actually is... You know, is there a more regenerative way that we can run business that is no longer extractive, um, whether that's just from an industry perspective or even from a, you know, from a consumption perspective? Um, we need to rethink uh, the procurement processes around that. Well, what does it mean to do regenerative procurement? What does it mean to procure in a way that is no longer, um, you know, extractive? But I think that culture change takes a long time to, you know, to, to come through. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's the biggest, the biggest barrier for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you do find yourself, you know, once you get into the mindset of 
you know, long-term sustainability and, and rethinking the business model. You do, it, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking, well, this makes sense. Why isn't everyone doing it? And uh, I suddenly, I'm sitting here thinking of the examples, you know, like uh, uh, the number of companies that have become B Corps, for mm. instance, you know, as a way of substantiating their commitment mm. to long-term sustainability. And yet, when we say to marketers as part of the selection process, you know, are you interested in a B Corp? Are you interested in a diverse uh, you know, supply chain? What, you know, are you interested in agencies owned by women, for instance, or you know, owned by people of colour? It's, it's still like, no, I just want the best agency. Mm, mm. You know, that, that it is peripheral to the thinking of the, the day-to-day requirement compared to the bigger picture. I think the bigger picture often gets lost because, you know, the day-to-day problems get in the way. Yeah, I think that's still true. I think, you know, supplier diversity is very much the um, um, the aspiration for a lot of supply chains at the moment. But I think we're, uh, from a procurement perspective, I think we're a step behind where maybe people and culture have got to with diversity of saying in most organisations, well, we've, we've been trying to have a more diverse um, employee base for a while, but we recognise now that it's actually not just about setting the targets to have a diverse organisation, it's about being inclusive. And that goes to that culture change I was talking about before. Well, what is it that stops pe- diverse people coming to our organisation and being successful in our organisation? And we've got to start to move from diversity to inclusion. And I think a lot of the work that I do now is starting to look at what does inclusive procurement mean? How do we actually, if, if the goal is supplier diversity, what do we need to change in our procurement processes that actually encourage and makes it easier for, um, you know, women-owned businesses or businesses owned by other minority groups, um, or women aren't a minority group, of course, but they often are a, a disadvantaged group when it comes to business. Um, and so I think, you know, thinking differently around that and, and it, it, procurement is definitely still lagging in that space. And, and so I'm not surprised that to, to hear that that's, um, you know, that's a space that's falling behind. But again, I think it's about really being able to demonstrate, you know, both that you can, you know, if you, if you have a diversity angle in your business is being able to demonstrate how that aligns with the organization's objectives, whether or not they recognize them as, as a diversity goal or not. Yeah, I find it interesting, uh, the conversation around diversity, uh, equity and inclusion. Uh, last year, during the height of the lockdown through our uh, business in the US, we, we were approached by a major advertiser, huge, huge business. I mean, we're talking, you know, 50,000 plus employees. And the inquiry was from the procurement team as to whether we could benchmark not just agency fees, but also agency diversity. And uh, it was an interesting conversation, which at one point I asked, well, it's, uh, for your own category that you exist in, do you have benchmarks for diversity within your own business? And there was silence at the other end of the video conference. It was like, well, we'd not actually thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're looking at our supply chain, but you know, it's not my job to look internally. I'm sure if I had the human resources director on the call, they probably could have answered that. But the poor procurement person was wrong-footed because they were so busy looking for someone to help uh, measure diversity within their supply chain mm. that uh, they weren't aware of the same approach being taken to their own employee base. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and that sort of um, 
points to a bit of a, I guess, dissonance that I recognise in, in the way that I interact with the procurement professional. I'm often encouraging procurement to recognise that the influence that they have in their supply chain is far greater than the influence they'll ever have inside their own, own organisation. So I have mixed feelings when I hear you sort of ref, reflecting that from the supply chain. I'm like, well, good. I'm glad that procurement are asking those questions and, and, in, and encouraging change through their supply chain, even if their own organisation um, is not necessarily there yet. Um, because as an independent, as an individual, that's maybe where you can have your greatest influence. Uh, but I recognise the challenge from suppliers to saying, "Well, you know, do as I, you know, don't, you know, do as I do, not as I say." Or um, and you've got to walk the, you know, walk the walk as well as be able to talk the talk. So I think there is a bit of tension there, um, you know. But I think it is worth everyone understanding that often procurement people don't have the influence to don't have the influence internally that they would like to have, uh, and often the greatest change they can make in the world is actually by by helping their suppliers, ideally, rather than forcing their suppliers, but helping their suppliers to adapt to adopt, you know, more diverse practices and and, and more responsible practices. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to reflect on that from from your perspective. Well, you know, I, I have this uh, very simple approach to uh, you know to justice, to social justice, and that is, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, you know, if you're going to be enforcing or, or wanting to... Now, now, they weren't saying enforcing. They were interested in understanding the diversity within their supply chain. Mm. So so I won't say they were trying to force it, but, you know, I think you always start at home before you start to look at others and, and start to encourage them because, you know, one of the best ways of bringing about change is by example. And it's interesting something you said before about cultural change because, you know, it's only very big companies that really can afford to have a dedicated procurement function. You know, it, it's you have to get to a certain size before this becomes a value proposition. And yet, you know, from all of our work with agencies uh, in the last couple of years around, you know, uh, diversity, uh, environmental sustainability and the like, it's the smaller agencies and the independent agencies that are able to move the fastest in you know, having a uh, modern slavery act policy that's actually enforced, mm -hmm. that have a, a process and a policy uh, to achieve uh, zero net emissions, mm -hmm. that have a, uh, and, and to expend that through their supply chain as much as possible. Mm -hmm. You know, the smaller companies are able to do this. And yet uh, I'm wondering, and the, I'm leading to the question because you're talking about one of the things you're committed to is helping organisations get a more diverse supply mm. chain, either by helping suppliers to get on to, into uh, contracts that, you know, they bring diversity to that relationship or for procurement to understand how to deal with those. And the reason is that, you know, I still see big big companies wanting to do business with big suppliers mm. and this this you know elephants unite approach uh still still is maintained and yet there is so much innovation and so much change happening at that much smaller level mm. yeah where's where's the opportunity where's the breakthrough yeah well i mean i i think what you're pointing to is that is that um you know culture change piece that that i mentioned before i do think it, it you know it that's a classic example of where the direction we're heading is not always borne out by you know the way that we think and operate it's it's that old story of you know no one ever got 
you know, fired for hiring IBM. And, and that's still a, a very significant paradigm that drives a lot of procurement thinking, you know, the avoidance of risk. And there's, there's a real, uh, I think, challenge there in adopting a new, a smaller, a more diverse supplier. There's, there's an element of risk there. So I think it goes to the way that we measure and encourage risk in organisations um, and having a broader um, strategic focus that allows us to say, well, actually, there's, you know, taking some risk here is going to allow us to, have, to benefit from other things over here. Um, and, and, and that is, that is changing. Um, but uh, but I think you know that that change is often is often quite slow, and I think it relies quite heavily on the quality of the procurement professional to actually draw those dots, and also the quality of the salesperson on the agency side or the supplier side to help draw those dots between saying, well, actually, we see that this is somewhere that your organisation's heading. We see this is something your organisation's committed to, and here's how we can help you deliver that um, strategic objective, whether or not it's clearly articulated as a diversity goal or a sustainability goal. It's about being able to align your value. Um, to the stated objectives of the organisation. And sometimes it's about the supplier helping the procurement person to join those dots as opposed to the other way around. Um, I think it's it, it always comes down to that sort of strategic focus of the organisation and how do we draw the dots between them. So, Matt, where do you see, you know, the audience here is marketers and agencies. And uh, so where do you see the opportunity for them in the way that they um working with procurement within their organisations or as part of, you know, wanting to win business mm. through procurement into these organisations. Is it time for them to start to look for the value propositions outside of dollars and cents or is it still very much a dollars game, as you say? Well, I think you still have to be able to, to map it back to the dollars. I mean, and, and that, you know, again, you know, I, I think... This this word value is perhaps overused in in the procurement space, but I think it's you know it's 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 really core to to both sides being able to understand and open up the conversation beyond price. I mean, I, I do a lot of work in the negotiation space, and I always think you know price is one of those. It's one of the. It is the worst. Um, uh, metric on which to negotiate because a dollar for me, a dollar less for me is a dollar less for you. You know, there's no, there's no innovation. There's no benefit to haggling over, over dollars. Um, you have to be able to establish, um, something that is, you know, low cost to me to give and, and high value to you. Um, and as a, as a supplier. And so again, I think that's where some of these innovations and around sustainability are, are a really big opportunity to be able to, to, to look, beyond price and to be able to demonstrate value beyond that. I think particularly in marketing, I, I, I think, again, it comes back to that opportunity for, for storytelling. Um, I don't think procurement by their nature are very good storytellers. Um, I think that's one of the big challenges now that we've got with sustainability is we're actually not used to talking about what we do in any other language other than finance. Um, and so I think that's an area that marketing and then the agencies that work with marketing can can really help to align with procurement and say, well, actually, there's some really good stories in the supply chain now that we're starting to want to get out there. Um, and I think that's an area where um, marketing and the and the marketing industry can um, can demonstrate its value to procurement and start to collaborate more with procurement in a less transactional way. Um, I think that's always the challenge. If your only relationship with a procurement person is through the tender process, it's going to be very hard um, to, uh, you know, to change anything, uh, to change the status quo, to dislodge an incumbent. Um, uh, but if you can start to collaborate more and, and, and you know, build um, relationships, and I, I think you've mentioned that you've, you've got a mentoring program and, and within, within the industry, I think that's a great opportunity for marketers and procurement people who are interested in the marketing space to work together and, and help each other in a way that's not transactional. 
Um, and, you know, I think there's a big opportunity for, for marketing and, and agencies to help procurement tell their story better and to get more interested in what's going on in the supply chain as a way of getting to know procurement better and getting in front of procurement people, um, you know, at a, at a point at which is not a, is not a hard-nosed um, transaction. Yeah. Well, look, Matt, you know, uh, we'd love to get more procurement people into the uh, marketing mentoring program because, uh, you know, I think the, the reason for setting it up was to actually create uh, opportunities for people in various silos, but all related to marketing to actually have a place to share, you know, wisdom, knowledge, experience uh, on, you know, on that basis. But uh, if you've got any uh, suggestions on how I can get more procurement people there, I'd, uh, I'd love to hear them. Separately to that, you know, one of the things that, uh, that we see is that uh, a lot of people talk about diversity as something that's important to do. But in actual fact, agencies have a really good business case for needing to be more diverse, and that is cognitive diversity. That all of the evidence shows that creativity and innovation comes when you bring together pools of, you know, of people from very diverse backgrounds. And that's all sorts of things. It goes beyond gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity and the like. You know, it comes down to life experience and, and perspectives and things. So it's every aspect of diversity. Mm. And, and then create uh, respectful but, you know, challenging environments is where the source of innovation and, and creativity comes from. Yeah. And uh, I always think that if you wanted to build a great business case for it, there you are. You know, the one thing that people are, are willing to, uh, to uh, hunt for, to buy, to tap into is uh, innovation and, uh, and uh, creativity. Mm. I think that's right. And I actually, I think, you know, procurement have a very strong um, business case for diversity as well. And that's around resilience, supply chain resilience is, you know, there's a lot of evidence now that are, that are diverse supply chain or any diverse system uh, is going to be more resilient than one that's not. And I think that's, again, something that is working very much, um, you know, different reasons, but towards the same goal. Diversity is important to marketing and procurement, perhaps for, for different reasons, but they're both very mo motivated to achieve that. Um, and again, uh, as with all of these negotiations about drawing the links between each other's worlds, um, that makes it, uh, you know, possible to say, well, you know, this this is this is our shared opportunity as opposed to this is something you want and this is something I want and they're mutually uh, and diametrically opposed. Yeah. Now we've talked about you know quite a range of things here around sustainability, you know, environment, uh, diversity. Uh, the other thing that comes up is obviously ethics as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, and and you know, it's people often really struggle with a conversation around ethics yeah. because. Yeah, you know, the first point is, well, you know, what is ethics? I remember uh, meeting with a CEO of a major financial institution and uh, his belief was that ethics is making the tough decisions. And I said, well, no, that's just making the tough decisions. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the best working definition I've had is making the decisions that do the least harm. Mm. Yeah. Which I thought was a really good definition of... Uh, of ethics yeah yeah that is it's it's look it's an interesting space and i totally agree with you and i think when you when you start to ask about i mean i think people talk about ethical procurement and people mostly know what 
that is now, ethical sourcing, ethical procurement. But when you get into the detail of, well, what are the ethics of marketing procurement? I think people are much less clear. It's like, okay, well, what, you know, what, what is, what is, what are the ethical dimensions of this category versus others? And I think people do struggle more with that. And I think the only way to undo that, uh, to, to unpick that is to have, um, is to have discussions and debates. Because I, I, I think we typically often rely on what's legal rather than what's ethical. Mm. Um, and I, do, I don't think they're the same. I think increasingly, um, you know, the, the law takes a long time to catch up with ethics. Um, and so I think, you know, procurement certainly as a profession has been very driven by compliance historically. And, and even so, even now with the modern slavery legislation, I think there's a really interesting sort of um, different conversation around, well, what's our, what's our compliance obligations for modern slavery versus what's our ethical one? Um, and I think, fortunately, I think you're seeing the modern slavery, even though the, the bar for complying with the modern slavery legislation is arguably very low, a lot of organisations and driven by a lot of procurement in particular is taking that upper level and saying, well, what does human rights mean more broadly? Okay, so modern slavery is at the worst end of this but actually, when we look at how we treat human beings more broadly through our supply chain within our organisation, there's actually a human rights agenda here, which is much bigger than modern slavery, and actually opens up a, a better conversation around what's ethical. And I think that's, you know, that's true in the marketing category, you know, just like any other. Yeah, Matt, this has been a great conversation and perhaps we can have another one about uh, ethical procurement in marketing mm -hmm. in the future. We could throw in uh, Facebook and all sorts oh, of people absolutely. into that mix. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty to get stuck into there for sure. Matt, perfect. Thank you for uh, joining me on Managing Marketing. It's been a terrific conversation. Uh, I can definitely see that uh, procurement is heading down the path of being the good guys and not just the cost cutters. Is that the future that you see? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I've kind of always had a, uh, a bias towards procurement as the good guys, but I've certainly changed my view on what good is over the years and, and changed my own goals and values around what I believe to be good. Um, you know, but I, I think the stakeholder view of business is something that I think is really becoming much stronger now. And, and whether your marketing and your view is really to, to look at the consumer and the customer or whether your view is HR and ready to look at the, the employee stakeholder or whether your procurement view is to look at the supplier and the workers in your supply chain as a stakeholder, that stakeholder orientation is really at the heart of, of what you know, good business is. And so I think if you have that stakeholder view in, in your work, um, then you're going to be on the on the good side of of, um, of, the, of the work you're doing. So Matt, just before you go, uh, just a, a final question for you, and that is, you know, if in your current role you could change anything about uh, the way procurement is uh, perceived in the marketplace, what would it be? 